This program is for educational purposes. It fits within YouTube's guidelines under the context of science. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. I'm Scott McNally, and of course, I'm here with Skip Hill, IFBB Pro, Andrew Berry, and our special guest, IFBB Pro, Nate Spear. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They've got uh, great blowout deals on brand name supplements. Gentlemen, I have to apologize. My computer's all screwed up, so I shall be, to address, while I'm while I'm actually talking to you, I'm going to be looking over here today. Guys, what's that'll up? Be different. That'll be different. Why? Sure. Nate, everyone's gonna notice and be all flustered, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Nate, congratulations, man. Thanks, buddy. It's been like a couple weeks now, so I'm sure the excitement has kind of like worn down a little bit. Or no, whatever. No, don't. No, <laughs> we, hell you know, no. everybody like podcasts. Like we all like everybody's like we got to get the story now. You know, like yeah, yeah. Right. two two days later, it's old news. So we're happy like to have. You want to say, Scott? I believe you were the first to congratulate Nate about 10 days before nationals. Yes, but. I called it. I called it. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, Andrew, you never know, man. You never know what's going to happen, who's going to show up. And Nate, how many how many times had you been like really close? Like how many times had you taken second place at that level? Well, I've been runner up to a pro card three times. Okay. So, and then one time I was missed by two placings. Okay. So I've been top three, four times at national level at pro qualifier. That's crazy, man. Congratulations to you too, Andrew. Both of you guys. You were a freaking team. Mm -hmm. You did a great job with this. I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. You know, I would say I was very confident like every other time, but you know, when seeing a Nate on stage, if this time, like he got off stage, I think the first thing I said was like, there's no way you're not getting it this year. There's no way in hell. Like, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, it was definitely a shut, open and shut deal uh, from what I was watching at prejudging. And I think you guys probably saw some video footage or at least the pictures and everything. Um, you know, we had some obviously some very tough uh, competition in terms of, um, you know, Carlos, who was definitely the person that everybody was given, you know, props to leading in. It was his show to win. Um, I even got into it with someone privately that said something like, oh, if Carlos shows up at 80%, he beats the field. And I'm oh, like, come on. Guy, I'm like, listen, you, you, you just show, you're just telling me that you've never been to one of these shows if you're trying to say that somebody can show up at 80% and beat someone as good as Nate or someone else, you know. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, great competition. Um, I will say, because people probably want to know maybe what we did differently this time, is we didn't pull his water hardly at all. Uh, oh, no kidding. And. No, uh, kept, you know, diet was very normal. I would say, um, it was almost just like a regular high day for him. And, uh, for, in terms of fluids, we just pretty much kept, we, we pulled it back a little bit, but normally we would cut the water the day before, like at some point, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. And, but no, we kept him drinking throughout the day, um, right up to prejudging and throughout the day for the night show and the fullness, I think definitely, um, showed compared okay. to other showings because he's always in shape he's always among the most mm-hmm. peeled guys in any division at the show and yeah. um we just really had to max out this fullness and i think i think we achieved that and i think we have a really good um you know strategy for the boston pro coming up in eight weeks oh no kidding boston pro in eight weeks so that's cool man i didn't know you guys were doing that yeah i think it's the right first thing we me. said after 
Yeah, I think it was the first thing we both said after he came back from backstage after uh, getting his card. <laughs> Scott doesn't follow Andrew and Nate, though, for the record no. on social media. So no, he's going to really miss like those guys. Yeah, he's going to miss like these guys. minute details. Let, <laughs> let, me, let me piggyback off something you said, though, Andrew, because I think it's important. And I want to make sure I get this right and be as concise as I can. You know, you said of all the times when he came off stage that this was a time that you said that you know, he had it and that he, I, I don't, I can't say verbatim exactly what it was you said a few minutes ago, but the point is, is you verbalized to him that this, and you know, it's funny. I think people need to know that good coaches who deal with high level competitors rarely will tell you, you've got, when you walk off stage, this is your, this is your show. This I was is your just show unless that. something fucking goes wrong. They won't say that. For the reasons that you pointed out, Scott, you don't really know because it's so subjective. You know how you would call it, and a good coach will call it fairly. We've talked about that before. I've told a client before, I'm like, I'm paraphrasing because I don't say I don't care what your mom says, but your mom, your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, they think you're the baddest-ass motherfucker that stands up there, and you might be taking eight. So you – you have to kind of, you got to be honest with your client. Now, I don't know how many times we've said, you know, you're taking third, you're battling for the top five, and they're mortified. But that's the reality of it. And then when it pans out, and that's how it plays out, then they trust, oh, my God, he was right. I don't like it, but he was right. <laughs> so for you to be able to say that, I don't want people to think that, because shitty coaches will do that. Oh, you got this shit wrapped up, and then they get smoked. You knew he was going to take it based on the history of how things – you had a damn good idea or you would have never said that. And I think that's yeah. important. I remember seeing the pictures too, and I thought, hmm, damn, something's got to go really wrong for him not to walk away with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, and like that's any- no disrespect to anybody else who was there. I don't know what the scorecards look like, that sort of shit. All I follow – is the people I know, so I'm following Nate, and I'm not paying too much attention to what else is going on up there. So, yeah, I wasn't at the show either. The only thing I'll say is that, you know, in previous years, it was like, you know, when he first got second place at North Americans, you know, I felt like, man, like, you know, Nate's uh, conditioning and his waist is so small, but you can't overlook Cade, uh, Cade Zook's size. So I'm like, it's a coin flip. It t- depends on what they're looking at that day. And then you go to Nationals the that following year, uh, that same year, 2019. And I, th- I don't know if you guys have seen footage of this, but this was probably my most excited moment in bodybuilding. They did an actual full-on live rejudge at the night show. You're kidding Because me. it was so close. Oh, I didn't oh, know. Oh, I mean – like, okay, imagine this: you're you're at the biggest class, the super heavyweight class, and it's the end of the night, end of the show, and so all the real hardcore people are still hanging around. You know, everyone else has disappeared because bikini's done and whatever's done. Literally, every when they called the rejudge, every single person got on their feet and they ran up to the front of the gates. I mean, it was like a madhouse. Like you had people that were pulling for Ben Rafala, you had people that were pulling for Nate, like screaming at the top of their lungs. People didn't even know him, but they just had seen him on social media. So it was just like the most exciting, like pose for pose. I think they put him through what two two full rounds, and then you did a, a front double and a rear double again. And and the crazy thing, which was kind of a dick tease, is they put Nate right in the middle, and. Oh. I mean, we're treating it like, hey, this is a live judge. They put him right in the middle. Like, and, yeah. and the thing is, he was on. Dude. He was right on that night. Um, his posing was awesome. He was full. He was dry. Um, and then, you know, he got the third place. So, I mean, that was another time where I was like in, going into that night show. I'm like, we're fighting for another pro card. I don't know if we have it, you know. Yeah. Same thing with yeah. uh, if you go to the following year, North Americans, you know, you're running into the wall of Nick Walker. So, it's yeah. like. 
you know, either they love his mass or they decide that maybe his waist is spilled or something like that. And Nate just looks prettier. Um, we also ran into Bundy, which is not too, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's two big roadblocks in your way. So, yeah. you know, we knew we were fighting, you know, an uphill battle in that one. But then uh, and then Nationals last year um, when Brent got the second place card. Yeah. That was one that, um, you know, no offense to Brent. I love Brent, but I, I didn't see that happening. But I also didn't go into saying, like, oh, you got this locked up, you know. Yeah. I 100% felt confident after watching prejudging this year that we were walking away with one of them. I wasn't convinced that he wasn't winning that class, you know, hmm. because his conditioning was just so much better than um, Carlos's. But you can't overlook Carlos's freaky uh, genetics. Yeah, yeah, that Carlos, he did have some crazy size, and like his legs especially – but I, I definitely felt like uh, Nate had him on condition and Nate had him, in my opinion, I, I thought that the gap narrowed from behind. Like, it, it you know, I, 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 I think the guy looks fantastic, uh, but I do feel like if, if we were to try to say, like, what are his weaknesses, it would be number one condition and number two would be back probably. And I feel Agreed like, 100%. Yeah, and I feel like with what Nate brought, uh, I, I felt like if he could exploit those things, it could maybe still happen. That's that's kind of where I was with it, and I was hoping. Well, you know? maybe he should have like pointed to, like, to the last or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, as as me as a bodybuilding fan too, and like as a someone that judges the sport, pretty critical. The way I judge physiques is okay. What is this guy not missing? How complete yeah. is this guy? What's the conditioning? What's the symmetry? What's the balance? And like. Yeah, I mean, Carlos is, like, freaky, but it's, like, are they basing it off of, like, freaky wow factor? Or are they basing it off of those criteria that I just, you know, said? Like, because if you go through, it's, like, okay, he's not really balanced top to bottom, in my opinion. Like, he's got crazy arms, crazy legs, but, like, some other stuff doesn't quite match up to that. Yeah. And then, like I said, like you said, if you turn around from behind, it's, like, uh, you know, like, I feel like I was more balanced and conditioned. But, I mean, obviously, it's that's what's frustrating sometimes for myself. Because, like, I don't have, like, a freaky wow factor that some of these guys have. They post on Instagram, mm. and they're like, oh, my God, this guy's, like, the next big thing or whatever. Because they have, like, some crazy stuff going on, like the bells and whistles, you know? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm grabbing the, the back picture. There it is. Yeah, yeah. So when you guys turned around, and I was like, huh, okay, interesting. I mean, that said, I'll be really interested to see what Carlos does. Because the guy has an incredible physique. Oh, like yeah. he, You know, his oh, he yeah. has some awesome shape. But then he also has like just such density, and those legs are just yeah. out of this world freaky, aren't they? Okay. Like you're they're pro legs. Yeah. I should point out, guys, that I competed with Carlos a couple years ago, and he was a middleweight. You're kidding me! That <laughs> oh. that guy was a middleweight on the on the right. It was either 2017 or 2018. I can't remember if it was Eastern. Uh, right. Holy shit! Which one was it? Atlantic or Easterns? East, Easterns that year you did with Mike Charles, I think. Okay, so yeah, 2018, he was a middleweight. So that's insane. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what he was doing before that, but what he's been doing since has obviously been working. <laughs> yeah, and okay. how were uh, his legs back then? Oh, they're so big. I bet. I, bet. <laughs> I remember. His ham I remember his hamstring drop was like always crazy, even as a middleweight. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I could see that. This shot looks great on both of you guys. So yeah, what? What? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, eight weeks isn't a ton of time. Uh, what, what are you guys going to try to do between now and then? Well, I'll tell you right now, he's already like volumized about 10 pounds and his condition is holding really, really well. So I think you're going to see like an even bigger fuller Nate, yeah. obviously all the same lines, his same small waist. Um, 
you know, um, yeah, I mean, I just think I think we have a pretty good recipe for peaking him. Now, I, th- I think we've always had one, but I think we just learn a little bit more each time on how to do it a little bit better. And I think with this added fullness now, he's going to be able to uh, hang with the big boys up there. What's uh, I'm pulling up another shot right now. This is uh, this is on your I'm at Facebook, actually. Where When was this shot, Nate? Uh, it was like last weekend. OK, OK. Yeah, yeah man. So I'm, you know, a couple weeks post show, so. I mean, obviously we're still in prep, but I mean, you know, yeah. sort of, we've been eating up a little bit. We came off a lot of hardeners. Well, I mean, that's another thing too, is like, I'm still have like a really good conditioning look, but I'm also off hardeners too. So you got to take that into account, you know, like, right. Sure. Um, put it this way. Like I would put Nate in the show, like, you know, this weekend without any of the hardeners out of his body for the last two, three weeks now. And I think he would look just as hard as guys that were hitting, you know, all their check marks for compounds, mm-hmm. if you get what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, we're excited. I've been waiting, Nate, for like three years now to actually be able to say this, man. I, uh, it's funny because I remember actually talking with you and Skip. I think, I don't know if it was 2019 Nationals, but I came and that's the first time me and Skip talked, I think. And I remember saying like, hey, I didn't get my pro card, but you know, I, I know I'll be closer to a pro physique when I do get the card and hmm. look at he- where we're at here. You know, like if you look at those comparison pictures from last year's nationals to this year's nationals, I feel like, you know, I wouldn't have got on stage last year if I got the card. Whereas this year, I feel confident enough where like my size, my legs have come up, you know, the fullness is there. Roundness is like much better. So I feel like confident, like obviously I'm not going to go any place top five most likely, but like I I feel like I won't stand out like, oh, that guy needs a lot more size or whatever, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that says something too, that a lot of people could probably you know, reflect on, you know, a lot of people who think like, hey, I'm going to get the card, you know, ask yourself. I think it's a great question, like a a brutally honest question to have to ask yourself. But hey, you know, if I were to turn pro at whatever show, whatever qualifier I'm doing, uh, would I be able to do anything with it? You know, and if you can't, then maybe the answer is you're not you're not ready for the card yet. You know, I think that's cool. Anyway, we got some topics, guys. Um, we got a bunch of questions from you guys, the listeners. Uh, and uh, if anybody on the live feed wants to throw anything in, feel free. Um, I'm going to jump to this one. Uh, and this is this is a question that we had gotten on YouTube, actually. Uh, and and I, I think we're going to have some fun with it. But the question is, uh, how much muscle can somebody gain in one cycle? That's all. That's all he has for it. And I thought that we could uh, we could dive in and explore. Skip, I know you've been kind of like you're waiting to you're waiting to dive into this one. Well, the biggest question is how long is the cycle? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a good you, point. If you want to stay on for five years, I don't know. Maybe you'll grow a whole lot better. If you're going to run six week cycles and you're going to run two of them a year, you're not going to grow as well. So, you know, the, the cycle let, let, length and how right. much you're going to maybe we should grow. Maybe we should throw some common sense constraints to this cycle. Like, let's say yeah. it's a 15 to 20 week cycle. Mm-hmm. It's an off season cycle or perhaps like whichever way you guys want to go. Um, let's just throw it at that. Does that make sense? Let me ask you this. Do you want to throw one more thing? Let's just say, I mean, I throw it out there as an option. Could we say that you're just going to fucking take a ton of shit? You're going to take a ton of shit. You're going to blog your system down so that at least you're not coming up short. So if we say with our parameters, oh, you can only have, you know, a thousand milligrams, somebody else would be like, well, if I take three, uh, three times that, yeah. you know what I mean? So 
yeah, to yeah. basically say you take so much that your body really isn't going to benefit from any more. Okay. Than how much could you gain? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's a difficult, and I think you guys will all agree. It's a difficult question to answer because where, you know, Nate is going to likely grow more than I am <laughs> considerably <laughs> more than I am in that 20 weeks. Uh, and then I'm going to grow more than say my, you know, 17 year old daughter. So, but, but maybe barely, I'm not sure. She might have better genetics than I do with her mom being in the picture. But. And more potential. Cause she's not, yeah. big. you know, the smaller you are, the more, you know, the more you could get younger right? Right? and hasn't taken anything yet. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw, I've it. literally seen like five different cats walk by your screen skip just to throw it out there guys. I don't, I don't have five cats oh. for the record. Okay. I don't have five. I have, I have one cat. <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway, you're getting your deflect. You're getting off of. You're getting off track. You're off topic. <laughs> and I'm trying to deflect from the cat thing. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I'm never. I told my wife if she ever leaves me, I'm never going to get laid again in my life. No, you're going to get more cats <laughs> if she leaves. You. That's what's going to happen. Exactly. I'll, just, I'll be cat guy if I'm not already. Um. <clears throat> so the what? What is the answer? Again, it's a. It's a huge. Great, but what could the what would be the average? You said eighteen to twenty weeks. I think is that what you were saying, Andrew? Yeah, okay, yeah so, fifteen to twenty weeks, something like that. Now we're talking muscle. We're not talking scale weight, that sort of thing. The average person. Gosh, I'm putting my balls out here in the line because I'm going first. But I'm going to say <laughs> the average person in twenty weeks, lean muscle tissue, five to seven pounds in twenty weeks. You think that's too far, like too low? I'm trying to be average here, so no, you're talking about you know, average people, not not yeah. genetic freaks that we're yeah. talking. And just muscle guys tissue, and not scale weight, you know that sort of thing. Once the 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 I want to say compounds, but I keep thinking going to poundage for some reason. Once the compounds clear, blood levels come down. You get rid of water. You're actually looking at a before and after. I yeah. would say the average person would probably be in that five to seven pound range, but that's just me going first. So beat me up if you guys think differently. Well, I mean, I would say for my opinion, obviously, like we know, like the, the best time is obviously like right after a show. So let's say we take someone right after a show. I mean, I would, I would say the same thing, like an average person, you know, maybe eight, 10 pounds like tops, because obviously like even that is a huge win for people with good genetics. Um, so obviously I think, you know, looking at past experiences or past examples, like a lot of the stars have to be aligned. So you could take someone that maybe will put on 10 pounds post show and have a really good result, but they won't do it again. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, everything was sort of like firing on all cylinders. You know what I mean? Like insulin sensitivity straight through the roof, you know, they're digesting really well. Like, cause obviously foods are the biggest component, right? and they're able to handle that food. Um, so I think, you know, some guys with a better metabolism, you can sort of slam the food pretty quick and they'll respond, you know, or someone that might not be genetically, you know, capable of that. It's one of those things, you know what I mean? It's a little bit slower of a process, you know what I mean? Like a push and pull. Um, so like, obviously if we take the average person into it, you know, it's one of those things that's going to be a slower process because most likely their metabolism isn't going to be like a genetic freak or whatever. Um, but, I mean, yeah, so it's one of those things I would take, you know, obviously it's like sort of running the risk of, you know, keeping some compounds in post-show, you know, really monitor them. And obviously I think to like training has to be like, 
they have to be intuitive with their training. So mm-hmm. I find a lot of guys, they don't really know where to um, pinpoint their training after a show or when they're coming out of a rebound and they might be doing something totally opposite what they should be doing. Whereas like right. I find a lot of guys really respond good to like high volume sort of pump sets when they're getting the food sort of slammed in there. Some guys, you know, they might concentrate a little bit more on progressive overload where I think that might be a little bit more down the road. Um, but obviously it's like person to person dependent. So, like I said, it's one of those things where like, I think all the stars have to align. Um, but you know, training and food is a huge focus. So it's like, if all those aren't, you know, matching to their, to get their most uh, potential, then it's like the drugs don't really matter. Right. You know, so like, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Really. I met a guy one time, uh, when I worked for the pop company and he worked for another pop company and he was like, <laughs> he was pop like, company. Hey dude, he yells. Yeah. I, I'm getting back into saying pop. I had worked. It's that a Michigan of, thing. Yeah, yeah. I worked that out of the my vocabulary <laughs> and I started just saying soda and I realized, man, I say soda now all the time. I don't say pop anymore. And I was like, I'm going back. Yeah. Going old school. <laughs> yeah, but you're yeah, making this, me uncomfortable with the soda thing. Go ahead. I'm this sorry. dude was like skinny as a rail. Right. He, and he was tall. He was like six foot. He had to weigh like 150 pounds and he, he burned the back room at a, at a Kroger and he yells at me. He was like, Hey, I know you take steroids. What do you think about stacking Sustanon and test? <laughs> he literally yelled that at me across the room. And it, we previously had a conversation about how he takes a lot of Adderall. And I was like, well, you know, what's your diet like? And he was like, I might eat like a cheeseburger. And I was like, well, what else? And he was like, well, that's it. Like for the day. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think that guy could stack his Sustanon and test and get the same results as like Nate's guy that he's talking about. And I just wanted to throw that in there. Test is a little redundant anyway. If you, think, you could have gone into this long yeah. explanation I might have. of how I can't they were remember. the same damn thing. Yeah, I, I can't remember if I did. Yeah. I think first of all, you should have probably said like, dude, like keep it down, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah I'm pretty exactly. sure that's... I mean, it's- it's it's 2022 where today like you know school teachers are talking about the cycles that they run with the kids that they're teaching but like yeah but 10 years ago <laughs> it was still like a hush hush like yo so yeah I do a little this i do a especially little, you know in the workplace um, you know yeah that's like a faux pas like you don't you don't blast out like a, what you what you're taking or hey bro what's your cycle you know he didn't like, last long at the job he ended up getting fired when they somebody saw he was carrying a gun under his shirt, like, <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, you can't make this stuff up. with Adderall and has a gun at work yeah. <laughs> on steroids, yeah. too. A little yeah. bit of roid rage, too, in there. Yeah, we'll throw that in. Oh, as boy. Measure. Yeah. Do you have anything um, you wanted to add to that, Andrew? Uh, what Skip and well, uh, Nate had to say? I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to actually agree with, well, with both guys. Shocker, right? Um, but so I have a family member, someone I won't say who, but who has recently dove into the world of PEDs, very low dose, actually. Um, and he was eating like a good, shout out Mrs. Barry. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's my mom. Yeah, (laughs) no, someone who like, you know, never had used anything in his life, but it started gravitating toward fitness and training and everything. And, you know, it asked me for a little insight and we did some very low dose stuff. And, um, every time I see him, he's looking like he put on five more pounds. I would, I would estimate that he did put on a clean uh, six to eight pounds of muscle tissue. Um, and he, you know, he tells me about his lifts, how every lift has gone up, you know, between 20 and 40%, depending on what he's lifting. Um, and keep, you know, he didn't start doing anything until he was 30, 32, 33 or so. So, um, I think my point with saying that is that 
a he was very fresh um receptors had never had any you know uh, exogenous androgens in his system um he already had a good baseline of training nutrition getting proper rest and all those other variables under control which i think as nate pointed out food example as an example the most important variables you know um if those other three things aren't in place then you can take whatever you want for a cycle you're going to blow up for you know a few months but then it's going to quickly leave just as just as fast as you put it on so um yeah i think you know skip's original uh, i think he said five to seven pounds i would agree with that um you could definitely with a well thought out cycle well thought out nutrition training rest program you can absolutely do that let me ask you guys yeah. this i just kind of like a little uh, diving in a little bit deeper before we go to our next topic uh anybody is welcome to jump in on this how would that break down on the week to week now let's say you're going to make your optimal amount of progress from a mass cycle uh how much weight should somebody be putting on then like on a, on a week-to-week basis to make that work out i don't want to go week to week you guys can correct me if you feel differently but i don't want to break it down into those micro because there, there's just not enough I think what happens if we get down to those micro gauges, those micro measurements, there's not enough there to quantify. How do you, how do you quantify? I mean, you're going to have, as an example, water retention right away. We can't really call that growth, but it could be. It's growth. Blood levels are going mm-hmm. up. That's a, that's a tough one. I don't know that I would, personally, I don't know if I can break it down that far. If you guys can, cool. I, I don't, well, maybe would I just you don't agree? have the ability mentally to be able to, to explain. Would you agree, Skip, that, you know, after that initial, you know, water weight, et cetera, you want to see something like a pound to two pounds every week in, in terms of, you know, as long as they're not looking sloppy? Sure, absolutely. And I think that brings okay. us to a, another point where sometimes clients, I've heard this for years, years and years from, from a lot of people, they feel like they don't want to run the cycle more than, say, six or eight weeks because they stopped growing because their scale mm-hmm. weight mm. Had quit taking those big leaps, you know, on the mm-hmm. on the scale. I'm like, my God, that's just a lot of that is just water retention. Most of that you're going to get out of the first three to four weeks, and then it levels off relatively quickly. Then the gains that you're making can be more accurately can be accurately Solid- measured. So if that's what Solidified. Scott was getting there, as far as a week thing, that makes complete sense. I made I didn't understand his question to mean that, but I completely agree with you. Depending on metabolism, um, you know, and all the other markers that you're taking into account when you're checking in with clients, you know, from strength to everything, yeah. everything basically, I guess. Yeah. But if that progression is there and the weight's going up, you know, a lot of times, sometimes too, uh, and I don't want to get long winded on this, but strength. I've always said this because I believe it to be very true. You you aren't going to progress within bodybuilding rep ranges with strength un, unless you're growing. They're usually married, and it's the same thing when you're dieting. If you're within bodybuilding rep ranges, you know low powerlifting rep ranges could be a little bit different. But if you're able to maintain the large majority of your strength while you're dieting, it's it's. I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's incredibly unlikely that you're losing muscle tissue. So Mm -hmm. strength progression while you're growing is important because if your weight is going up dramatically, but your strength isn't like it's stable, then you have there's that's kind of a flag saying, you know, I don't I don't know that the game. Now, there's other issues of how you're training everything else. But if you are focused on progressive overload and those numbers aren't going up, you got to start looking at insulin sensitivity and things like that. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now, but there's a lot of things to factor in. I just want to say that your Andrew, your um, family member 
also had the added benefit of very good instruction that most people don't have unless they pay you very well. <laughs> yeah. That's and, a big bonus. And that was kind of the thing. I, the reason I wanted to ask is, you know, some people who are going to be watching this who don't have a lot of experience, you know, they, they're going to be they're going to have to they're going to almost have to guess, like, am I on track at week four? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Am I on track? Is this what I need to be doing in order to get that weight gain that these guys say I can get? <laughs> let's say like let's say i like the one to two pound to like once you sort of stabilize or whatever and you're at like a, more of like a homeostasis state or whatever but let's say like they've been on it for like you know pushing for like 10 12 weeks their body weight might like stall but like their strength like skip touched on is like is still going up increasing and their pictures they're looking better and better you know fuller rounder harder um so that's stuff that i would take into account too because i've worked with people too where you know we're coming off a rebound or whatever and their their weight might stall a little bit but like every picture they're sending me is like better. They look harder, fuller, bigger. You know what I mean? So, and obviously yeah, the best scenario. Up, so it's one of those things where you're like, okay, like don't, don't, we're not going to pull back yet, buddy. I know you're like thinking about the scale, but like for me, I'm looking at the visual and the strength and, and those type of variables that, you know, obviously is a sign of you're putting on, you know, uh, muscle, even if it's not a, going to the scale. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's a good point because the scale is a very valuable tool. I always kind of cringe when people say, Oh, I'm not going to, I don't, pay attention to the skill at all well that's cool if you're making the point that you pay attention to a lot of other factors and a lot of other you know use a lot of other tools but to leave out a tool um you know to me it, it kind of seems it's almost like why if you're not going to focus on it that much but keep in mind that that's just one of many tools that you're going to use to gauge progress so your example of going up in strength is a very good one and I think well, that listeners, especially if they're starting out, they need to know if your weight isn't going up, that doesn't mean you're not growing. And that's yeah. coming back to Scott's original question because I took his question to mean weekly how much weight can you gain on a scale? But that's where I was saying that that micro gauge, it's yeah. just too small. I mean, you're not gaining. You can't accurately measure that on a weekly, I don't think, on a weekly basis. So. Well, that's where I, I thought it was going. I think, I think the scale is a great tool, but what happened over time is people become so obsessed with it. Yeah. So it got into this pattern of like, okay, don't worry about the scale type thing. Yeah. But if you can take the scale, but also like, you know, not have that such of a, a focus and like a, you know, like, oh, I'm like so worried about the scale. And you can use that as a really good tool with these other things, you know, mm -hmm. sort of that match up. I think what happened is over time, people got in this habit of don't worry about the scale. Don't worry about the scale because people become so obsessive. You know what I mean? But it's a great tool, obviously. I mean, there's a reason why, you know what I mean? We track that stuff. Well, do you guys agree that competitors sometimes, if they're at the top of their weight class, they feel like if they're taking third, fourth, fifth, or they're not cracking the top five, they just, their first reaction is, I got to get into the next weight class. When in reality, always, you can, always. yeah, and it's frustrating because you can improve and get bigger and improve your conditioning and you can look five, six, seven, eight pounds, well, sometimes more better staying under the cutoff but getting shit right and getting better condition being more full getting your peaking better and just I, I guess maybe increasing the quality of the size because i've always said i don't you can get bigger without your weight changing by simply just slight subtle you know i guess we could call it a recomp at the same time but i think there's something to be said i think you can gain more muscle like in the not 10 pounds 15 in the in the larger um aspect of gaining muscle but you can gain enough muscle that muscle that visually you look better and i don't think it increases your weight dramatically 
versus the visual that you can get out of it when you're standing on stage. You guys disagree with that? No, I agree. Scott, actually, this is a good time to pull up the picture from last year because there's only like oh, a two yeah. or three pound difference from nationals, but it looks like about 10 to 12 pound difference in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you give me a minute, I'll there's find been, that. There's been a couple times, Andrew, when you say where we sort of been like only one or two pounds up, but it looks dramatically different. Every single time you got on stage. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? It, yeah. And, and, you know, to, to get to your, yeah. oh, like, look at the fullness of the legs. Yeah. Yeah, just the, how the lats tie into the waist better, like just yeah, everything. That's only like three, four pound difference. You know what I mean? So, hmm. yep. yeah, dude, it's like and visually, you'd have to look at that and go, yeah. "That's that's ten, twelve pounds." Yeah, right. yeah, that's yeah, what right? I would probably guess. I'd guess like about nine, ten pounds for sure. Just yeah. legs alone look like they're they're four pounds difference, easy. You yeah. know. Yeah. Well, then you know what's funny is like it always <laughs> irks me a little bit when people. They don't place the way they want to, and they're at like the top of their weight class, but they're not even like 100% shape. Like, I gotta yep. go to Supers. And it's like, why yeah. don't you get in shape first, buddy? You still have like five more pounds to play with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's that. exactly where I was gonna go with that because, you know, when Skip's saying, when, when you get down to showing a client, it's like, oh, I just gotta be up the next weight class. I think all of us probably just cringe and like, okay, that's going in one ear and out the other for us at least. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because we're gonna touch on those things that Skip said, like, oh no, we, we can still do damage in this class. Like, like, look at a prime example is Chris Bumstead. He's had the same weight cutoff for, you know, what, all four or five years he's been a uh, classic physique pro. He still gets bigger every single year, bigger, better, crisper every yeah. single year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, there might be, I've heard some rumors that they do let him get way in a little bit heavier than he, than he actually does. I don't, I don't know if that's true, but it's the point being though, is that, you know, he's, he's shooting for a number and he's continuing to improve his look based off making those parameters. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm going to take a brief moment to shout out our sponsors. I'll make it quick, but this stuff's super important because it's our sponsors that help to make this show possible. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for you shopping with our sponsors, we wouldn't be here either. You can support our programming by shopping with truenutrition.com. They're our title sponsor. They've supported us for a number of years. They have awesome health and performance supplements. You can ask Skip or Dusty or Scott Stevenson all about True Nutrition and they'll tell you how good of a company they are. Hardcore bodybuilders have trusted them for over 15 years now. Use our code THINK, you'll get some savings, you'll support our programming. If you're in Canada, you can shop with supplementsource.ca. They have highly discounted supplements, discounts on bulk orders, and free shipping over $99. Check them out. And finally, you can directly support our programming on Patreon. I'll have links below for Patreon and everything else. We're taking more questions over there, and I appreciate everybody who's already helping to directly support our programming through our Patreon. All right, guys, thanks for hanging with me. Let's get back to the show. Um, So this was a a training question. We got this, like I said, over at Patreon. He says, uh, I have a cambered barbell now. Santa, a.k.a. my wife, got it for me. Aside from the... uh, conventional stuff like squats and box squats i saw a video on john meadows channel rep mountain dog with some guys bench pressing with one curious to know if this would be a uh, good to change it up and if there are any other exercises you guys recommend that are a little outside of the norm overhead swings with 85 pound kettlebells uh thanks guys for all that you do you've kept me sane the last couple of years Here's to a jacked and strong 2022. And uh, I didn't grab the video yet. I'm going to see if I can uh, if I can steal that off of John's site. Uh, but I did grab a screen cap of it somewhere of what it looks like they were doing. So I'll share that with our guys now. Yeah. 
So this is just a screen cap, but I see exactly what's going on here. This is weird. I've never done it. What do you guys think? One of you guys run with it. I've been going first, like I'm fucking special or something. You are special. <laughs> yeah. I you're, the, you're the cat guy. I'm window liquor special. <laughs> well, well, I've never, I've never uh, messed with that one, but I have messed with like the the straight grip one. So if you have like mm-hmm. your elbows or you have like bicep tendonitis, that can be really good for benching. Like you know the ones that sort of are more yes. like straight. Scott's got a picture yeah. of that one because I sent it to him. He can put that up there too, but it's probably still on his phone. Go ahead. It's somewhere. I've got a, I've got the Kabuki uh, the Kabuki Cadillac bar, oh, which yeah. is nice, and it has like the slightly angled handles, which is. Yep. Pretty bad and ass. If, and then actually, Andrew, uh, if you if you guys are looking for something fun, Andrew showed me this back in the day. Use those bamboo bench press bars with the kettlebells like hanging off the oh, side. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that, Nate. Isn't it? Uh, it, it is kind of funny, isn't it, Andrew? Hit it, Scott. <laughs> Let's see. It'll take me a minute. Go ahead and start talking about it. I'll, I'll find uh, these. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I actually today was kind of a upper body pump day, dick around kind of day. So we actually did uh, the cambered bar press and we did the bamboo bar press. We did some bamboo bar overhead presses um, uh, basically for our audience so they could see some different examples. Um, these are things that I wouldn't normally do as a staple on a program. Um I do think be, well, one of the reasons is like the bamboo bar, for instance, you can only put up to 300 pounds on it. So, um, you know, you don't want that thing breaking on you, but it's good to mix it up. It's the, their uses, particularly the bamboo bar are in situations of injury rehab, uh, as well as um, strengthening your um, your supporting muscle tissue, because as Nate probably remembers, when you're benching with that bar, the thing shakes like this the whole way up and down. Um, I don't know if you guys can see that, but. Uh, because it's called oscillating kinetic energy if anybody wants to look it up and if you go to the Banbell site they describe it in better detail than i will but it's definitely a, a new challenge and yeah. i find that i get a really good pump when i use that bar and it's something that like we might use for like maybe two weeks or so and then we'll go back to traditional stuff and i think we only use it for like two or three weeks because we do find that you do get tendonitis with that bamboo bar uh, in particular. Mm. I think just the vibrations alone, they rock your joints a little bit. But I'll tell you what, the pump that you get on it is just something sweet. Um, I got so, those videos you know, when you wanna, whenever you want me to put them. Yeah, l- yeah, go ahead and show the bamboo bar real quick. All right. I think this is the bamboo bar. my hands the yes. bar wants to come this way as oh, much shit. as it wants to go this oh, way so okay. you're really fighting it um and then show them the uh overhead press if you will all right well, i like that go. too you gotta so like pull you down so like yes. suck you in you know what i mean and then hmm. you'd be like yes yeah exactly so that's kind of where i'm going with it so you there's so many uses you can do for that bar if you were looking just for something to switch it up for a couple weeks you could do squats um bicep curls are great in it uh oh the um uh, tricep extensions tricep extension i'm thinking the same thing yeah that's gotta be a you will get the craziest pump in your triceps i'm telling you (laughs) um yeah, so it's just, uh, you know, it's a fun little tool to use. I, I don't know if there's any studies on how much muscles gained or whatever, but I'll tell you, I know I'll be sore tomorrow using it. Because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we did. Uh, we started off with the cambered bar press just because I wanted to show people that if, in, in case uh, we didn't have a video of it. You we opted to not. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, versus like our regular oh, um, 
upper body push day where we you know bring multiple sets to failure um so yeah it's just like i said it's it's kind of a fun little switch up and i know john used to use these things as um call them you know just just challenges i guess because i know in the video that you were going to show uh scott that day he had um fuad he had uh ken jackson and, and i think andrew hudson and they were all trying to see how many reps they could do with like 225 with it and i think if you watch the video they all like the first when they take it off they're like whoa because the bar wants to swing the weight wants to swing like this while you're going up so if you get one bad rep it starts to pull and then the next rep gets even more of a pendulum and even so there's a lot of control that you need to exhibit in that in that um pose in, the, in that uh lift so yeah i, I mean it's a just good, go, um, go ahead i'm sorry i want no no, no go, ahead, go ahead you make a very good point and i think that that one right there stands out the most with me because i we had this conversation behind the scenes before we uh before we were discussing this today and i admit that i've not used it so now i have to use it because who can opine on something a topic or anything else when you have not fucking used it so i do have to use it i told you though it makes me cringe because it because i'm older and with you know stabilizers and everything else you just have to be very anybody listening please understand that you don't want to get under one of those bars with your typical weight and try to feel it out it's going to be a really bad idea so you're gonna lose your teeth yeah, you damn well could. Or and and I don't want to say worse because you know my teeth are pretty important to me. But you also don't want to rip something or pull something or or fuck up a stabilizer in a situation like that where that's it's not a max poundage type of type of scenario. So, so I was an example, watching, we did we, we did like two warm up sets with just the bar, which I think it's an eighty pound bar, and then we put a twenty five on there, and then we put a forty five on each side. So we went really slow in the warm ups, and we're, yep. we're making really small jumps. And I don't think we went higher than a plate and a quarter for like three sets of ten to twelve, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I made it look like I'm moving it fairly easy, but I'm telling you, like my focus was a one hundred percent on point A to point B. Sure. Uh, for those reasons that you're describing, Skip. Well, and it forces from the looks of it, because I've not used either bar for, for benching. It looks like it forces your grip in narrow on the um, camber or on the, um, I call it a spider bar. Am I wrong? The spider bar is the one, it's that setup with the handles that come out and the pad. Okay, in front. Gotcha. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, it looks like it forces your, your grip in a little bit on that because you you have the drop down part of the bar that's kind of in the way doesn't look too narrow but it, you don't have as many options to go a little bit wider like you would on a regular bar uh, the only other thing that i would add is i was going back to nate when he was talking about the different grips more of kind of a neutral grip on that bar and that's something that i have gone to you know the original question that the guy asked was is it good to change it up it's always good to change up because you're going to provide a different stimulus and you know, adaptation is caused by a stimulus that your your body is not used to, and that's what causes adaptation. So those grips can be good. It also depends on things like, you know, if you have shoulder pain, you have some type of issue that switching your grip will help to minimize that. So it can save you from either tendonitis, uh, you know, basic inflammation. I call it old man-itis because us old fuckers end up with more tendonitis because we tend to be more volume um, it's like bread in our brain that we have to do more volume. Um, I like that bar and I was going to ask you, Nate, if you've used it for doing rows because of, huh. because there's so many options for grip in there that it's, I have found it to be really fucking good for rows. Have you done that? Hey, Actually, I got to jump in though real quick and just say, guys, 
would you can can we take just a second to appreciate that sunset outside of Skip's window? Look at <laughs> oh. look at that shit. It's like epic. I'm sorry, I just had to that's, say something. That is funny, yeah. epic. All right, we're, sorry. we're jealous in uh, Michigan and the New England area, so. right? <laughs> uh, no, but I I actually what I have used that I really like is the uh, the trap bar uh, for Rose. Mm. So you stand in the middle of that, and they got the grip that oh, goes yeah. your hands to the side. And you can get a little bit better range of motion too. You're standing there, so because uh, the bar is a little bit comes out, you know what I mean. So it's not gonna hit your chest. So you can right. get a little bit deeper range of motion. You get your elbows back a little further. Um, so I, I like that one. It's a similar idea because you got the the you know grip or parallel, whatever you want to say, um, for yeah. the rows. So yeah, cool. That's cool. That's cool. All right, listen, I got one question here, and then we're gonna have to wrap up. We have a bunch of listener questions. We're going to have to do those for the next segment. Um, but there was one on our live feed, so I wanted to throw it on here. Uh, it says, possible fun topic idea. What would make the perfect anti-fertility protocol? Always lots to talk about fertility protocols, but never the opposite. The dry, He's looking for the dried raisin cycle. Is oh, nice. It? Nice. Dried raisins. Now, is this is this in reference to just fertility, or are you saying max cycle that you don't give a shit about whether you can ever kick out three more sperm in your entire life? I'm not sure. I'm clear on his main because I mean we all know you will. Yeah, well, we all know that testosterone. They tried it, you know, for a long time as a birth control mechanism for for men. And I I don't know about you guys, but I've had four kids. So they've been predominantly girls, so we could argue about that. But I mean, it just it wasn't effective. So I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know how he's coming at it. I don't know if he just wants to go with the cycle and he doesn't care about fertility, or if he's focused on just making himself fucking sterile. I think what he's asking is which compound milligram for milligram shuts down HBTA the most and the longest. I would. I assume. I'm trying to interpret. Yeah, I would say words into scientific. I was going to say nandrolones, yeah. Yeah, I was going to go with nandrolones as well. I mean, can we could we argue Tren too? I mean, well, I was going to you well, know Tren's a nandrolone, so yeah. I mean, I I think absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I should be more clear. I guess what I'm saying is I don't. I would assume everybody kind of went to Deca, and and but that's a good uh, point. That's okay. true. Yeah, I would say Tren more so than than uh, Deca or MPP. Yeah. I. Don't exactly know why. Maybe I read something, but I'm just, or maybe just amusing. I don't know. Um, yeah, I feel like Trend would probably be the most, the one that would shut you down absolutely the most. Or you would have super babies, one of the two, and there's nothing in between. I, I think the better, the better topic is how many bodybuilders have had male sons or have had sons. Oh God, we've like, touched on this so many. It's so few. It's so few. Well, I'm it's trying crazy. to think of like Justin any of them that I know that have had guys yeah. that have had boys. Yeah, and every yeah. bodybuilder I know has a baby girl. It yeah. is interesting. Yeah. I got three and I, three girls and one boy, and there was a little bit of gear you should throw out. In in fact, ironically, I was on for so long, three and a half years, when our youngest daughter. Three. I know that's another topic, but I can I can kind of justify it weekly <laughs> and when maybe i say your weekly, test, maybe your test was fake when you were uh, yeah. having the boy you had yeah that could be when you when... <laughs> well i can tell you this of all of the four kids that we had um our youngest definitely has 
better genetics. Like she is genetically <laughs> superior yeah. to the to the other to the other three, physically speaking. So it's kind of funny. I, we had a picture at the wedding, and I circled her delt, and I had an arrow pointing at it because you know the circle might not have made her look at the delt. So I had an, a giant <laughs> arrow in there too, and I sent it to her. I'm like, damn, girl. It was kind of fun. So I don't know that gear had anything to do with it, but but nonetheless, it's it's a very good point about the the having girls on having boys. But that's probably another twenty minute topic. It's well, it's probably a topic for like Scott Stevenson, possibly. Um, I'm sure he yeah. has some thoughts on this from diving in the research over the years. He could, uh, yeah. We pull his hair out for like the next three months researching it. He, he went deep. Yep. I asked him a question about L-carnitine and he spent like six weeks, not the whole six weeks, but he like spent all sorts of time researching. He's doing that article now for, for um, Mountain, Dog. Mountain Dog. Yeah. That'll be coming out. Yeah. So you guys can check that out. He's put like out. 40 hours into that thing. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. He goes in. Yes, he does. So yes, he would be the guy to answer that. Guys, we're out of time. Shout now. out to Dr. Scott. Yes, for this program, we, we are out of time. Uh, we've got a bunch of listener questions, so stay tuned to the next episode where we shall be tackling them. Uh, Nate, I know that you're coaching. Is that your full-time thing now? Are you coaching full-time? Yeah, so actually I finally uh, removed myself from the restaurant business. Congratulations, About eight man. Weeks after nationals, nice. so that was huge. And then after nationals, it was crazy. Like I just sort of got a huge response as far as like clients and sort of obviously like accolades and attention and that kind of stuff. So it's been pretty, uh, pretty awesome, man. It's like almost like hard to believe like the response I got, you know, and that was like the cool thing too, just to touch base on is like winning or like getting second at this show. Like sometimes people be like, oh, you know, like a second place pro card. How do you feel about that? But like, honestly, like that show was like, the, the competition was so deep and you know what I mean? And I think my physique was just, you know, it, it shined through with not a second place pro card winner. You know what I mean? So like, if you look at some of the other shows, like if I won the class, I feel like it wouldn't even be as good as like getting second place at this show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was an incredible show. Shout out to uh, Jordan Janowitz too, friend of mine and friend of the show here and a Michigan guy as he got his pro card too. It was a, it was yeah, a he good looked show, nasty. Man. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He was another guy. He, I feel like he, um, he stepped it up. You know, like he had always been yeah, good, but when he came back this year, like he was really good, and he was definitely deserving. So that was cool. Yeah, because he yeah. was. He, he, he looked like, like a super yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, he was very full, crazy right. dense. Well, definitely, guys, reach out to Nate. Go over to his Instagram. You can go over to uh, teamskip.com if you want to reach out to Skip for some coaching. Hit Andrew up over at bodyberry.com. And you can reach out to me, McNallyDiets, at gmail.com. Of course, check out our great sponsors, truenutrition.com, and use our code THINK. And then if you are in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca for great deals on all sorts of blowout uh, discounted supplements, guys. I appreciate you guys joining me, and I'm glad that we could celebrate this, uh, this occasion. Uh, of Nate turning pro. This is cool. So I'll see you guys. Appreciate it.